0: I will listen to what the Lord God is saying, for he is speaking peace to his faithful people and to those who turn their hearts to him. Why the wilderness? The wilderness unbalances us. It creates a situation where we must face ourselves, our own fears and our imperfections. There are things that we may learn in the wilderness that we did not realize we needed to know. We must drop our pretensions as to who we are and face our authentic selves if we are to survive. When we cannot depend on our normal social network in the wilderness space, we must look for other resources to sustain us. John lived in the desert, subsisting off whatever was available locally, protein-rich locusts and honey laden with energy and beneficial nutrients. His clothing, likewise, was that which could be obtained where he was, without a trip to the nearest market or the need for money. Yet we might look at John or his counterparts in our own society who choose to live off the grid and wonder why they are unable to integrate, to conform. We rarely look at them and wonder what they are learning, what they might teach, what we might learn from these people who do not conform to our cultural mores. Yet we are at a point in history where we should be reevaluating our norms and our worldview in light of ongoing global events. If the past few years took place in a play, we would have spent most of it right on the edge of our seats, anxiously awaiting the fate of one character or nation or another. We would be both relieved and disappointed when the curtain fell for the intermission, torn between needing a break from the inexorable sweep of the developing plot and yet desperately wanting to learn the resolution of the dilemmas facing the characters. Like Mark's audience 2,000 years ago, we are a people in waiting. In a time of turmoil and crisis, we need to hear the good news. Mark knows this and unequivocally starts his gospel with the statement, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Although scholars have debated whether this refers to the ancient promise found in Isaiah, with which Mark opens his first chapter, or the gospel itself, one thing is certain. This promise, which God made to his people a long time ago, applies to us as much as it applied to those ancient Judeans. I wonder about the parallels between us in this time of ongoing crisis and Mark's first century audience, a struggling, fledgling Christian community in an occupied country, (coughs) holding fast to a way of life they believed to be ethically correct. Though the stresses were different, they too were a people in need of comfort, a ready audience for the good news that God cares and is present to guide them through until they can hold their own. Isaiah speaks to a deep yearning within us which resonates with the people who have heard these words in times of crisis through the centuries. Console my people. Give them comfort, says your God. Originally written in the days of the final Babylonian exile to a people who longed to return home to their own way of life, these words seem to speak to us too, as we feel exiled from normalcy and long to return to something more familiar. When the Judean exiles returned to their homeland, they faced a very different reality, from the one they had imagined. Over time, the customs of those who remained and those who had now returned had diverged. Differences in small things were magnified, and each group judged the other out of the need for some intangible item which could not be provided. Yet they did reconcile and merged back into one nation, though perhaps not in the way either group had imagined. A very human reaction to feeling bereft is that we turn our focus inwards. We allow our grief and anger to shut us off from other people and from God. John, we are told, preaches a baptism of repentance. The equivalent Hebrew verb for the word used means to turn around. I wonder if this is what the Judeans did at the end of the Babylonian exile. Is that what we need to do in the coming months as we face a seemingly increasingly divided world? In recent conversations, I have noticed a tendency for people to state that they have to take care of themselves and their family first. There is also an increase in social silos or cliques which exclude those with different perspectives or backgrounds whose differ from our own. Unfortunately, both coping mechanisms